Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. I was waiting for the chance, but it uh, there it is. All right, everybody, we are live. We got a doubleheader again tomorrow. Early doubleheader with that. We got UFC Vegas 41, headlined by a middleweight, <laughs> excuse me, a light heavyweight bout yeah. between Marvin Vittori and Paulo Costa. Bellator will bounce around. Fedor Emelianenko's return, taking on Timothy Johnson. We're going to talk mostly about the UFC card. We'll dabble in the Bellator card if you would like. But uh, mostly this is the Vittori versus Costa preview show live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us on this Friday, the day before this event. We are actually less than 24 hours away from this thing kicking off. 1 p.m. Eastern prelim start time for this event. And it's needed because now there's 14 fights on this card. We didn't think there'd be 14 fights on this card, but there are 14 fights on this card. Joining me, the Prince of Positivity. Mr. Alexander K. Lee, my best friend. I'm so happy. I'm so positive. Uh, yeah, not one miss, not one cancellation. I mean, they saved two fights somehow this week that looked like they were going to get removed from the card, but even uh, Jonathan Martinez is still competing. So uh, I'm very excited. I'm very happy for all the fighters also who signed on and, and will get to fight, uh, even though we had some screwy circumstances, to say the least. Yes, we will get into those screwy circumstances because I feel that the man with the baddest mustache in MMA media will have a fiery hot take in regards to the situation. E. Casey Lydon, how are you, my friend? Go Astros. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's going to be a rough, I agree. It's gonna be a rough day. Yeah. I, I agree. It's sprouts, man. That's good. Maybe the best we'll thing win. Yes. And you know what? I hope there's a Game 7 tomorrow because the MMA will be over and we can just relax and watch Game (laughs) 7 as sports fans, as Sprots fans fans. should do. (laughs) So let's get right into this. We did talk about this on Between the Links because that's when 
things were heating up. We were not where we were supposed to be in terms of weight and catch weight and all that stuff. But we found out last night that this fight between Marvin Vittori and Paulo Costa will be a light heavyweight fight. Both men successfully made weight. Uh, Paulo Costa weighed in under the championship limit. But this whole thing has just been crazy because Marvin Vittori had put out some tweets throughout the week basically saying Paulo Costa is trying to get out of the fight. Then he shows up to media day and he says Paulo Costa has a, a, a ton of weight to cut. He's not going to make middleweight. And we all thought, eh, this is Marvin being Marvin. He does things like this all the time. He's talking trash. And then Paulo Costa just shows up to the media day. He's like, yeah. I'm not fighting at middleweight. It's not going to happen. I'm 211 pounds. There's no way I'm going to make middleweight. And then we're, there are talks about 195. We end up at 205. This whole thing has just been bananas. AK, what is your take on all of this? Is this, I mean, what, what is this? This is, this is just crazy. Is this, is this smart on Paulo Costa's part? Is he playing the game? Is he, did, did the UFC set a, like a wrong precedence that he just took advantage of and this is smart on his part? Like, what do you make of this whole situation? I mean, it's incredibly smart because he just got away with it. I mean, if, if this fight had been canceled, if uh, if uh, uh, Vittori had not agreed and we did end up with 195 or, or, uh, or worse, 185 and only Vittori could make it and get paid and Costa didn't get paid, then I'd be like, oh, Costa, what are you doing? But apparently, other than 20% of his purse, which sucks, you know, but uh, obviously he can afford it, calculated risk. He still has himself a main event fight at the weight that he wanted uh, in this last second change, which we never see. I mean, this is a uh, – we actually somewhat recently had uh, Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, which was kind of another weird situation. But um, you got the sense that they weren't quite as far along in their – that was a weird one too. But um, but yeah, no, I, I don't want – I don't know. It's, it's hard – Smart seems so complimentary, but the fact again, but it's like anything. It's like we always say: if you cheat, and I wouldn't even go as far as to call this cheating, but if you tr- if you game the system, if you circumvent the rules, and you don't get caught, and there's no real like major repercussion again, aside from the twenty percent, then didn't you win in a way? Like didn't co- didn't Costa win this this pre uh, fight week already uh, with, with the fact that he got away with this? It's 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 sinister, and I don't like it at all. But he got away with it. So what can we really say about it? Casey, we t- I mentioned this in between the links, but this whole situation, obviously Paul Costa, completely unprofessional with this whole thing. Uh, but the other thing that kept popping into my mind was my father always told me playing sports, like work hard, be irreplaceable. Put yourself in a position where you cannot be replaced. And looking at this card from top to bottom, yes, there are some exciting names, some up-and-comers, some really good made fights in terms of action. But in terms of star power, you cannot lose this fight. You cannot lose this fight. All respect to Grant Dawson and Ricky Glenn, but UFC Fight Night, Dawson versus Glenn, does not have a lot of appeal to the casual <laughs> audience. Now, Vittorio Grant, Costa, Grant versus Ricky. Grant versus Ricky. I like that. Grant versus Ricky. Yeah, yeah, but obviously the sizzle is with this main event. They're building the card around this main event. Paul Costa felt like clearly that him and his team were like, listen, they can't lose this fight. We could basically do whatever we want here because they're not going to pull this fight from the card because they can't. I mean, they could, but they won't. Is this? Do you think this is their line of thinking? Overall, like we're just not going to cut weight because you can't lose us at this point. You need me on this fight card. And two, what have you made of this whole thing? You seem to be celebrating what Paul Costa has done. 
Well, firstly, is this back-to-back weeks where there has been no top 10 fighters or even top 15 well, fighters on the entire well, no, card? No, no fighters, again, technically, well, technically no, no <laughs> yeah. fighters competing in their uh, in their uh, weight class where they're ranked. Yeah, not in our rankings and not in the UFC's rankings. So yeah, to, to, we, we thought it had never happened before. And shout out to a Nick Dwyer on Twitter for pointing this out. He said, this had never happened before before the Dumont lad mm-hmm. card, and now it's two weeks in a row. No fighters competing in the division in which they're ranked. We are here for a, hist- a historic time in mixed martial arts. This is <laughs> this is un- this is unreal. It's like, everyone write this down in your journals. Like, where were you? Where were you? It's like when back-to-back weeks of two entire cards of unranked fighters in their respective weight classes. Um, I think there was a question about Paula Costa and the whole 205 shenanigans. Um no, jo- uh, no, I guess put my serious face on. Um, yeah, he gained the system. Costa, Costa outsmarted us all somehow. The the guy that most of us thought was probably the the biggest, uh, just his. I don't know, just not the not the not the most intelligent fighter. I don't know, Paula Costa, and no one accused him of, of you know being an intellectual. But he outsmarted us. He outsmarted the UFC. He outsmarted everyone. Um, he only loses twenty percent of his purse if he wins. He wins this whole entire show purse. So, so really, if he wins, he only gets a ten percent um, cut. Uh, t- he only loses ten percent, really. Um, I guess he won't get his, you know, p- uh, his fifty uh, k bonus if it's something cool like that. But um, man, Podacosta, he he figured it out. Yeah, it was a it's a very bad card with no name. What, it may, bad, bad card for casual fans. If you follow the sport, yeah, Grant Dawson's fighting. Ooh, this is cool. You know, oh, Jessica Rose Clark is coming back. I want to see her fight again. Oh, Alex Caceres. Oh, you know, he's he's caught Bruce Leroy. Let's he's he's fought like a million times. You know, there's a lot of cool fights on the card, but yeah, we 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 know this isn't a card that you know, even casual is even like it gives me really hardcore <laughs> to be really into this card and the unique the unique start time i don't even know why it's so early is is there is it just because the european fighter vittori i don't is it just big playoffs I don't, I don't know um yeah yeah but, probably playoffs Bell, bellator counter programming yeah i guess um so yeah there's a lot of weird things going on in this card and um paula costa is, is um yeah he's like what are you gonna do scrap the fight you know, it's like so. Yeah, he he did it. Got twenty only twenty percent of his purse taken away. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that um, Vittori and his um, um, his um, wonderful manager Ali couldn't somehow um, manage to get a little more cash out of um, Costa. But you know, they 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 want to fight. Fighters are fighters, I guess. And um, yeah, go Paul Costa. And let's talk about how freaking shredded he still looked. 20 pounds over what he we expected him to come in at. I mean, I think the real story here is that Paula Costa just clearly isn't a middleweight anymore. He is, he, I, yeah. he looked like we remember when he fought 185, that was the conversation every time. It's like, how the hell does he make middleweight? Well, it turns out he just isn't a middleweight anymore. That's how the hell he, you know, that's that's gonna, you know, he couldn't do it again. And, um, yeah, it would have been nice to call UFC a couple weeks ago and tell them, "Hey, I'm coming. I'm coming at a different weight class. Can you inform my opponent?" That might have been the nice thing to do. But you know what? This fight week needed some sizzle. It had zero sizzle coming into this fight week. Hey, Paul Costa, he did it. Now we're talking about it. now we're now there is extra hype for this fight. Yeah, it's not yeah, maybe like and- the best hype, but it's hype and the. the I didn't see anyone talking about this card or this fight card up until 
um, he decided to come in 20 pounds over. So yeah, Costa had the biggest gain. Remember uh, when he fought Romero in California? When you know, because California shows the um, post fight, oh, the, uh, yeah. sorry, post weigh in gains. So Costa, <laughs> Costa had the biggest one. I remember it was. I think it was. I can't remember the percentage, but he was the biggest jump in weigh in day to fight night weight. And he actually got the war. I think he got the warning from California, mm-hmm. like you know, if you fight in California again, uh, just to, like you're not you're not banned for fighting at middleweight, but you know, next time we're going to keep an extra eye on you. So. He really probably is done it to, at uh, 185. It just doesn't make sense anymore. And Casey, you're really right about uh, the build is created. Because I remember when this matchup was made, I thought like, oh, these two guys are so active on Twitter. They're willing to say anything. We're going to see so much like crap, like uh, flying, just yeah. d- dumbass social media comments. And they kind of both went like zero dark 30 for a while after the fight was an- like nothing. N- no, no Instagram posts, no little video like jabs, no dumb memes. Like not even retweeting like fan memes about the, if there are even are any being funny of the guy. So I was like, oh man, this is disappointing. And then like Wednesday happens, and we were like, holy crap! Like, <laughs> oh, this now this is chaos. This is the chaos we expected between these two. Yeah, and I definitely have not seen anything like this before. Yeah, and constantly. Yeah, and if you watch, yeah. if you watch the card on Saturday, if you watch the card this past Saturday, no fight, no fight card graphic at all, no promotional video for that fight whatsoever. Had Brennan Fitzgerald not mentioned the fact that the fight was happening, no one would have known about it. Like, there was no promotional push for this fight. So I wonder if maybe there was a way, like, behind the scenes back then that this fight was in jeopardy until they could figure this all out. So that's what's interesting about it. Casey, you brought up something. You talked about Ali. You talked about the management. And Ali obviously is a name very that's very powerful in the MMA management space. We talk about fighters out fighting fighters. We talk about coaches out coaching other coaches. Casey, did Waleed Ishmael out manage Ali Abdelaziz this week? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, score one for Waleed. He wasn't even there. He was with he was with his homie um, Figueredo in Arizona, I think. Uh, in these, I, I think um, uh, was it Helwani had him on MMA Hour with uh, Figueredo, and Waleed was you know there and he asked him about Walid about it while he's like hmm interesting I guess I'll I guess I'll, I'll talk to Paula Bob Paulo at later of course he knew it's like you know it was just just good gamesmanship um yeah um yeah definitely definitely I mean Costa did he 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 played the game I mean he, he played the game perfectly and um yeah and now we're in the now we're living in Costa's world <laughs> The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. AK, let me ask you this, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a, a fellow Canadian. Credit to Nick Baldwin. I thought about this last night, but he was the first one that, that kind of put it out there. When this happened with Nick Diaz, yeah, it was a topic, but no one really made a huge – I mean, it was kind of a deal, but it wasn't like a massive deal. People were just like, ah, eh, who cares? It's Nick Diaz being Nick Diaz. He's going to fight. 
He's going to fight Robbie Lawler. Great. Like, we'll, we'll forgive this one. It seems like people are much harder on Paul Costa for this situation. Yes, there are some people who feel like he gamed the system and he was smart and he wins in this whole thing. And maybe what he did will change the way the UFC does their business moving forward. But the reactions are completely different. But aren't these like the same exact aren't these like the same exact conversations like this is the same thing isn't it but why is the is it just as simple as nick diaz being nick diaz we'll forgive that it's like manny being manny on the red sox he does something stupid makes a terrible play in left field we forgive it because it's manny being manny is it nick diaz just because his nick and paul costa is just kind of i don't know the whole wine thing and the excuses he made after the izzy fight that were just harder on him like how do you explain this I mean, there's that aspect of it. Keep in mind also, Nick Diaz just had not fought in so long. So I think everyone was willing to let so many things slide just to get him back into, uh, into, the, into the octagon. Uh, I, people were amazed. I think the fact that he even showed up to do like any media already that was like, you know what? Like Nick is, Nick is going above and beyond right now. So whatever else. Yeah, right. Because if he, if he hadn't, if, let's say he hadn't shown up for media day, I guarantee he no didn't. fans would have. But he showed up for some, he did some no, he, interviews. He, he that did week, one right? interview at ESPN. That he was did it. one interview, and he showed up for the press yeah. conference, actual press conference. Yeah. And, he showed, and he showed up for press conference. He had, if he had done neither of those, I still don't think any fans would have been like, "Oh, well, Nick Diaz didn't do uh, any media <laughs> obligations this week." So it, it had to do not just with his popularity, and he is a much more popular fighter than Paulo Costa. Let's be real. Uh, but again, the longevity. It had just been so long, and the the thought that he was even going to fight again seemed so unrealistic. I know, I know, I was one of them. I think. Up until again, up until they were in the cage, I was like, "This fight's not happening. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen." Like I don't know, either either guy's going to get injured, or again, just some sort of other screwiness, uh, Nick Diaz-related screwiness, and it didn't happen. So, so the circumstances, uh, you're right. If you look at it at a glance, are the same. But when you take into account the last, you have to take into account the last like eight years <laughs> of history, unfortunately, in this case. And uh, Paul Costas doesn't have that track record. So, and if anything, Paul Costa really needed to get back in the good graces of people with. You know, a somewhat disappointing performance against uh, Adesanya. All the memes he became afterwards with his excuses that, oh, I drank a little too much wine and all this stuff. And <laughs> his kind of bizarre social media behavior. So there was this thought like, you know what? We can excuse all this if he gets back in there, puts on a strong performance against Vittori and uh, and, and bounces back. And we'll, we'll just forget. We don't, we don't care about any of that stuff as long as fighters win fights. And then when you come in and start making even more demands, I mean, that's another that's another thing altogether. Now, again, could this all be a race with a strong performance on Saturday? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I think there's some people who will be like, yeah, it's great. Happy to see him again. First round knockout maybe, right? But, the, but there are people, no matter what he does, are going to hate him even more, win or lose, because of his behavior this week, for sure. But I don't think that right. matters. You make, I don't think hold that on, matters. Hold on, Keith. Oh, sorry, hold, yeah. hold on. Let me, let, hold on. Because you make, you make an interesting point about when erases all of this, right? And while Paul Costa may have won the fight week and is one up until right now, he may not win the fight tomorrow. Marvin Vittori is a very tough out, whether it's at 185 or 205 in pack. I'm, spoiler alert, I'm picking Marvin Vittori to beat the brakes off of Paul Costa tomorrow. And I would have picked him at 185, 205, heavyweight. I think the sa- it's the same fight no matter what. I think Marvin Vittori is going to win this fight and win it rather convincingly. Casey, is this a must win now for Paulo Costa because of all these shenanigans? Like he goes out there and gets drubbed tomorrow by Marvin Vittori. Does the UFC just say, we are out of the Paulo Costa business moving forward? Why would he be out of the Costa business? I don't get that. It's like he missed weight. He went up, he's going up a weight class. That's all that's going on. He's just going up a weight class. He's just a guy that can't make, he's a guy that can't make 185. I don't, I don't, I don't, this is all good press. For, to me, but for, he had no intention of making 185 when he signed the contract. Zero. 
Like, clearly it's zero intention of making it. Did you see the and man on the scale? Anybody. That guy still shredded 20 pounds over what he was supposed to weigh in. I agree. That's what I, th- I agree. But, but if you're going to sit there and take this fight, why not just negotiate 195 or 205 right away? Why put the pen to paper for 185 and then just – I understand the, 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 the gaming the system. I understand all of this. I understand this is a smart move, being irreplaceable, so forth and so on. But he had no intentions of making 185 or even coming close to it, apparently. So that's going to piss them off, right? Like he's not Nick Diaz. He doesn't have that kind of star power, does he? I don't know. We're talk. We're talk. We're talking about. We're talking about this guy for how long? We've we been doing this show. Uh, we've been we're 18 minutes into this. We've been talking. We haven't. We've maybe mentioned. Mar- You've mentioned Marvin Vittori for about uh, six seconds. We've been talking we're 18 minutes. To. We've talking 18 minutes about Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa. So I think he's. I think. Well, yeah, he's not Nick Diaz, but he has an aura about him and I think it's fine. I think he, he realizes that and yeah, I don't, I, if he gets his butt kicked, yeah, I guess getting his butt kicked is going to suck regardless. If he, if he lost, if he got his butt kicked to 85, I think we'd be like, Oh, what's next for Costa? Do you see even want him around? You know, still, I mean, is he done? I think if he gets his butt kicked, we, he's a two or five or next week, you know? And then, yeah, we, Paul Acosta versus Ryan Spann next week if he loses if he gets his butt kicked. I don't I, I just don't think it's a big deal. I think it's a fun fight week topic. It's unique. It's very unique. This doesn't happen often. So it's something fun to talk about when all these fight weeks just kind of blend in together. You know, another apex card, another apex card. So to me, this is kind of fun. And I think the yeah, what why the matchmakers, yeah, I know they they have a spreadsheet and like, oh crap, now we have to move. That name over there into that weight class. Yeah, it might annoy them. That way they had to do like an extra 30 minutes of work and just scratch out a contract and go, all right, here you go. I mean, yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Um, I, 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 I understand. I understand what you're saying. I, I really, I do. Um, if it was just, you know, if this was, you know, Francisco Tronado doing this, that's a different story. Um, but Costa, he, um, he has that. He has that it factor. He has that look that Dana White loves, you know, just freaking muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. And um and he's a he's a badass fighter. And when he fights, it's it their fights are exciting, win or lose. He is an exciting fighter. And uh, I think that's the most important part. I mean, it's, I, I don't recall any boring Polycosta fights. No. But I mean, the, Marvin Vittori's been in some stinkers. He's, he wins. Yeah. He's a great fighter, but yeah. Anyway, resume is not all that impressive though if we're being honest he got to a title fight yes the Romero mm-hmm. fight was fun but some of the other wins are a little suspect when comparing them to other middleweights and I don't want to make this the crap on Look. Paulo Costa show because it isn't <laughs> because AK when you have a villain you have a baby face and Marvin Vittori mm-hmm. of all people has become the biggest baby face on this card for sticking okay. with it for taking the fight at, at whatever weight even the shenanigans like even the, the I was so excited for this weigh-in face-off, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a weigh-in face-off than to see this one. And I thought Vittoria was going to be even more animated than he actually was today. And he was pretty damn animated up there. But Marvin Vittori is in, a, is in the good graces of the UFC. If there is ever a chance that he gets a title fight coming off of a win, I don't think it's going to happen because Robert Whitaker's next. But Marvin Vittori might have put himself in a position where he is not as far away as we think. Right? Like, am I crazy? Uh, I think you're a little crazy. I don't think there's any scenario where 
Uh, if only because he he and uh, at, uh, Izzy fought recently. They fought twice already. Yes, one title fight, but it is still the two and zero sense. Neither fight was particularly memorable. If we're being fair, um, not not bad fights at all, but not not super exciting. So, um, other than uh, Marvin seeming to believe it, that he's two and zero in the series uh, the other way, um, there's not a lot of uh, <laughs> a movement. Again, he, again, he could he could finish Costa in the first round. And I don't think that he's getting another title shot anytime soon. Um, he could put himself back on the shortlist, but he's just just the way his the That's way his fight Izzy went. But again, if but if if uh, let's say if, if Izzy loses the title. Then I guess that's that changes the story completely. Then Vittori is right back in there, so obviously he'd be rooting for anyone to beat Izzy. So yeah, he's keeping himself in the title picture. But as long as uh, as Adesanya is at the top, um, I just don't think that uh, that they're going to look at him for at least three, two or three more fights. I think it's going to take a lot. So I, I don't see him in there. Um, and, and as far as Costa, uh, how this affected his uh, his standing, I don't think he's done at all. This is like the Rumble Johnson thing, man. Rumble Johnson, people forget. Remember when he tried to move up to uh, middleweight? He missed. Yeah. And he just embarrassed himself against uh, Vitor. He missed by like 13 pounds or something. He was he was, was handled by Vitor Belfort. Yeah, committed. Yeah, and then he said, "Oh, whatever, I'm back one more weight class." And then he ended up getting a title fight uh, and and looking very good at heavyweight. Uh, and uh, he also had domestic violence cases on his record. So it's like if that guy was not out of the good graces of the UFC, and uh, and and he might have been a little more popular than Costa, but Costa is more accomplished at 185. Than uh, Rumble at 170. Uh, Rumble had some nice highlight reel knockouts, but Costa has a much better resume at 185 than than uh, than uh, welterweight Rumble. So if they if they were going to put, put up with Rumble, I think they'll put up with Costa again. It is handled a little bit differently. Costa is just so openly, like I said, this week seemed to be so openly uh, uh, flaunting his 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 trick that he had pulled off here. But uh, but other than that. Um, yeah, uh, b- barring something very straight, public comments or, or some weird, uh, more poor, poor negotiations backstage, I think he moves up to light heavyweight, and I think we see him in the UFC for the foreseeable future. We shall see. We shall see. So right now, the betting line, according to our friends at DraftKings, Marvin Vittori, the minus 180 favorite to come back on Paul Costa is plus 155, I think. Hmm. Was that the same line so, when it was 85? Was that the same line as last week when people assumed uh, it was take- a middleweight? That's a good question. Vittori opened as a as a plus one thirty dog, uh, and oh. this is the highest the line has been. Yeah, money's coming in on Marvin Vittori. It has been yeah. for the last few days, pretty heavy. Yeah. So I think the line's about right. I, I would probably put it a little bit higher for Vittori. I I, I honestly think he's going to go out there and and put it on Paulo Costa tomorrow. But do you agree with the line, Casey? Like, and, and let me just throw this out there because I don't think it matters at all. I don't think the the 205, I mean, obviously it favors Costa because he didn't have to cut to 185. So clearly it favors him a little bit. But all in all, when it comes to the actual fight, does this being a two does this being now a 205 pound fight, does it favor one fighter over the other? If Costa put in a real training camp, and judging by his just his physical body, it looks like he did, I think it heavily favors Costa because this means he actually got to train and become a better mixed martial artist rather than train just to lose weight over the last, you know, two months of his training camp. And I think this is a big advantage for um, um, pa- uh, Paulo Costa. Um, this is a big, to me, this is a big disadvantage for Vittori. Um, he's going to be fighting heavier, a little bit heavier than he normally fights. But more importantly, during the, like you hear this from fighters all the time, my training camp is, I'm just, all I'm doing is just cutting weight. I'm just like miserable. I'm just like dieting. I'm just like 
training tired because I'm just starving myself, you know, getting all this water on my system and all this stuff. Um, so I actually think this is a big advantage for uh, Costa. And um, I I kind of like how Costa is kind of underselling himself. He's not going He's not going out there and doing interviews he's like, I'm training my butt off. I'm working so hard. He's just like, you know, I drink wine, you know, hit some pads, you know. You know, he's just, he's not even talking about what he's doing when the camera's off. But um, I think Costa is going to look actually really good at 205. He's going he's, he's gonna to be a shorter 205 when he, when he faces the other, you know, regular 205ers. But for Costa, um, for this fight in particular, I think, I think this is a big advantage for uh, 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 the eraser. Is, that the, is, he the, is he still the eraser or the, the eraser? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Bohachinia means the eraser. Okay. So <laughs> I, he kinda, he's kind of using that, but kind of not. Like, yeah. He kind of decides that anyway. Um, Does change anything for you, AK? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I think I might have been leaning uh, Costa when the when the fight was first announced. Um, I probably was already tilting towards Vittori before all this weigh-in chicanery, and now uh, now I'm just getting the sense. Should, should we? Should I give my official pick now? Should I? Should I segue into yeah, my official pick? Sure, sure. I'm I'm just getting the sense that uh, much like the Knicks. Now we'll go back to the Nick Diaz situation. I don't know how motivated Costa is to actually win this fight. I, I do feel like he's showing up. I think he's like glad he didn't have to cut the weight. I think he's glad that whatever is only costing him twenty percent. No, I get it. Uh, as, as Casey kind of touched upon before, it'd be stu- very, very stupid to lose that twenty percent and then not do everything you can to get that win bonus. That's the whole point of missing the twenty. But I don't know if he's the kind of guy who can just turn it on like that. Who can come in seemingly unmotivated and then just kind of be like, "Oh well, it's fight night now." You know what? I, I was taking this seriously this whole time. I'm actually ready to to go in there with another top ten guy and really just put it on him. Um, it's possible he's got he's he's a great striker. Uh, you know, not great knockout power, but I really am leaning towards Vittori. And the other reason is, I don't know if uh, Costa. I'm trying to think. Has he? Has he fought any great wrestlers? Johnny Hendricks, but not Johnny Hendricks is not a great wrestler in that sense, like offensively, um, in the UFC anyway. Uh, Yoel Romero again doesn't use his wrestling offensively that much uh, in MMA. I don't know if he's fought someone who's really probably going to be focused on taking it to the. Are we calling Vittoria a great wrestler? I mean, he's 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 a. I think he's very good. I don't. I think he's very good. Obviously, he's. What, what, he's, what, he's, what, he's what, what, what fight are we basing this on? We basing this Kevin Holland fight. We basing we basing out I wrestling mean, Kevin Holland. Sure, you make, Kevin makes you a great wrestler if you out wrestle Kevin Holland. Is that what we're basing this on? I just. I mean, he dominated him. I thought that was pretty good. He's he's uses wrestling in all those fights. It's not like it's not like he's. Out I mean, he uses his wrestling, he uses wrestling but, yeah, a lot okay. in all those fights. I just I mean I, I'm I'm, well, I'm just I'm just, I'm just making sure that we're 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 putting Marvin Vittori in the great I, wrestler category. Well, I think it's fair to say he's a better wrestler than anyone that like offensively than anyone that he's faced. Wouldn't that be fair to say? I think Romero and uh, Romero I think Costa being a much big. I think Costa is going to be the bigger fighter on fight night, and I don't. I think Vittori is a big middleweight, and I think that's been an advantage mm-hmm. for him. And I don't think that size advantage is going to be there to necessarily make them that great wrestler that we've seen before over over Costa mm-hmm. with the with the the size uh, advantage not really being there for Vittori. I, I would agree, except again, like I said, I, I'm I'm looking at the not making weight as a bad thing. Like I know we looked at it as gaming the system, and which is which is fine. It made the again whatever the lead up to the fight easier for Costa. It, but that's it, it. Strikes me more as a sign of he's not disciplined, he's not prepared, he's not taking this seriously, and I think that's going to cost him against a very high, kind of high pressure smothering fighter like Vittori. So I, I'm going to go Vittori, and I think Vittori is going to submit him. Uh, I'll go round two, round two submission for uh, Vittori. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a finish. I think we're in the championship rounds, but I think he gets a finish in the fourth. I think he's just going to eventually wear him. I think Costa's going to have his moments. He's going to land some big shots. But Vittori, like Israel Adesanya so eloquently put it on his breakdown of the fight, he's got that blockhead. And if he, he's got a great chin, he can take a shot. And he took some big ones throughout his career. And he's been okay. I think he can, if he can weather that early Costa storm, I think it's his fight all the way. So, Again, it seems like with a lot of these main events, get out of the first round. I think you're okay. I think he gets out of the first round, and then I think he cruises and gets a finish in the fourth. Casey, you seem to be on a differing end here. Are you picking Paul Costa to win this fight? Paul Costa, first round, TKO by body shots. Woo! Wow. Spicy. I don't think Mr. Costa is... is, is I don't think he was unprofessional. I think I think he had a hard training camp. I think he he knew what he was doing. He um, he played everyone. I think he's playing. I think he's playing Vittori. Even their interviews. He's all he's he's trolling. He's trolling Marvin in interviews when they did, they did a cool thing where they're both on, on Skype talking to each other, and he made Vittori basically explain to him what weigh-ins are. Like what we we have to weigh in when Friday. I was like it was just like I love it. I just I I. I don't know. I, I I love I love what Costa. I lo- I love the hype that Costa brought into this fight week, and I think is I think um, him at two hundred five over the one eighty five or Vittori. I think um, the wrestling won't be there for Vittori as much as we think it will be, and I think Costa is going to be stronger and not dehydrated coming into the fight. And I think Costa is going to look really good, and I think he will. Um, you can't you can't knock out Vittori. He just he like, like say he's a blockhead, but. Costa has amazing body shots, and um, I expect that's what we're going to see on um, tomorrow, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. I'll tell you what. If, Mar- if, if Paul Costa goes out there and starches Marvin Vittori in the first round like that, I will come on the post-fight show and just say, this was the greatest example of <laughs> pre-fight gamesmanship in the history of MMA because it doesn't get better than that. No. Like if, you, if This is just a full-on troll job all week long. Like and all of this led to a first round finish. I will come on here and be like, I will, I, I will give Paul Costa a standing ovation. I will give him a standing ovation. I'm professional as I feel this is. And by the way, let me just let me just make this point. And I think both of you gentlemen will agree with me. As unprofessional as this may seem, and I feel there's some unprofessionalism going on. This is the UFC's fault, 100. percent We do not have harsh enough yeah. penalties for these yeah. fighters oh. missing weight. Especially the entry-level fighters. Why would any of these guys make weight? What's the point? You lose 20% and then of what? Like, what are you actually giving up? You're not giving (laughs) up that much. Like, you're not. You're not giving up that much. So until there's actually incentive for this to happen or there's repercussions for fighters to miss weight, especially like this, who's – like, who's going to not – like – we can't say anything. Like we can, I've, we can yeah. talk about each I've, individual scenario, yeah. but I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him at all. If we're being honest, it, yeah. it is unprofessional. But still, the UFC has laid down the groundwork for him to do this, and he's playing the damn game. Good on him. I've seen fighters do this dozens of times. Where they're, I mean, no one's done it quite to the extreme that Costa has. But like fighters come in like the first <laughs> or second fighter, and they'll come in like four or five pounds over at nine a at nine a.m. You're like, hey, bro, you had like two more hours to cut weight, and they're like. No, I'm just going to miss weight. They take a couple of grand, and now I'm not going to feel like crap tomorrow night. And being so low in the, being so low in the card, on a 14-fight card, especially if you're a prelim fighter, 
I mean, you get, you can have, you've seen, we've seen enough fights. Oh, that guy got an amazing knockout, an amazing submission. They still don't get the, they still don't win a bonus. There's no, there's no, there's no guarantees in this whole, the bonus game. So you can't, you can't, you can't know, you can't, you can't do your, plan your career around bonuses. It just doesn't work that way. But you can save a lot of stress to your body and not make weight and then show up much fresher than your opponent. So uh, this is all the UFC's fault. And, one of the biggest things, if they that twenty percent also affected their win bonus, like say twenty percent your show, and if you win, still twenty percent, or you don't, or or I don't know, something like that. So something that affects your win bonus, then then this weight gain, this weight thing kind of changes. But the fact that it's only from the show money, and I don't understand why. I've never understood why that is. Um, yeah, this is the UFC's um, or commission's fault. I'm not even. I'm, I don't know who the twenty percent. I don't know if it's a commission thing or a UFC thing or. Because they always say, well, we're going to talk about it, but it's always the same number, 20%. Yeah. I mean, and then Dana and, and, allowing. Uh, only the show money. I, I have to just want to emphasize that so much. It's only the show money, so which is only half yep. their check. And if they win, if Costa wins, he gets his 100% of his win bonus, which for 99% of fighters is usually the same amount as their show money. Right. And what the UFC could have done in this situation, which no one would have blamed them for it. I mean, fans may be watching a card headlined by two guys that they really don't know a whole lot about, even though Grant Dawson and, and Ricky Glenn are very good fighters. You could have just said, Marvin, you could have just said, Marvin, you get your win in your show. We're going to throw you at MSG against maybe Sean Strickland, or yeah. we're going to get you another big fight. Paul, you're off the card. You don't get a dime. And then none of this, I mean, no one would blame the UFC for doing this. We understand why they're not doing it. And Paul Costa knew that they wouldn't do yeah. this. So again, he played this perfectly. He's got, as good of an advantage as he could have heading into a fight. We'll see how the UFC handles the aftermath, especially if he loses. But there you go. This is, like Casey said, this has become a much more interesting yeah. fight week than you and I thought, AK, after we, like the closing moments of on to the next one. We just ran down the car like, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. it's a fight. Yeah. Decent main event. Oh, and then here just we a, go. Just a, just a ho-hum middleweight main event. Uh, yeah. Two, 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 two 185ers going to face off next week. <laughs> Uh, so that's the main event. We talked about it for 35 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got Grant Dawson, Ricky Glenn in the co-main event. Grant Dawson, I believe, is the biggest favorite on the card. Minus 510. Comeback of Ricky Glenn is plus 375. Is this, Grant, sorry, is this Grant's for, first fight at 55 or his second? He's second. Second fight. Okay. Leonardo he Santos. Had the, he had the Leo Santos fight that he Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, hammer yeah, fist. The, the up, oh, hammer fist, yeah. Okay. After the James Krause just verbal drubbing he took between rounds two and three. Uh, like Casey said, Jessica Rose Clark is back. Uh, first time since her torn ACL. Uh, taking on Jocelyn Edwards. Alex Caceres back against Young Woo Choi. This is like the quintessential Alex Caceres fight. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, Dwight Grant against Francisco Trinaldo. And then, you know, some interesting prelims. You get Ike Villanueva back against Nikolai Nagumaranu. Gregory Rodriguez against Jun Young Park. Uh, Maria de Oliveira Neta versus Tabitha Ricci. David Onama makes his UFC debut against Mason Jones. That's a great fight. Kama Worthy versus Jai Herbert. Very big fight for both of those guys. Jamie Pickett, Loriano Staropoli. Daniel Lacerda, Jeff Molina. Things got a little, uh, a little testy at their faceoff. Uh, Livia Hanata Souza versus Randa Marcos. I mean, this is, we keep saying Randa Marcos is a much win, must win, and they keep giving her fights. So I don't no know contest. if it's a must win or not. No contest. <laughs> no contest. <laughs> 
Jonathan Martinez, who made weight. Jonathan Martinez made 135. Very, uh, very happy for him. Good job taking on a newcomer, Ziviad uh, Lazishvili. That'll be the yes, first. Fight. Unbeaten. Unbeaten. Yes. 12 and 0. Good fighter. Uh, and then we got Bellator. Fedor versus Timothy Johnson. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, Minikoff. that's happening Minikoff. as well. Uh, good, very, uh, I will. I'm excited to see Minikov. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know too much about his opponent, but uh, Vitaly Minikov is probably one of the um, most underrated um, heavyweights uh, in the world. And um, he hasn't, yeah, he's 22 and 1. He's incredibly good. So uh, it's good yes. to see him back. The, these are some proper, this bell tour. I, 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 I have some thoughts about the Vegas card before we head off but, okay. uh, or go to questions, but um, I do want to say about the bell tour card. This is how you do a, a, a showcase card. First card in Russia. You Moscow. have, you have, uh, yeah, Minikov face face again. These are all solid opponents, but yeah. opponents that they should truck. Uh, Saeed Salma from the U.S. Uh, Usman Nurmagomedov facing Patrick Piatilla from I think he's Greek. Oh no, I'm sorry, no, I'm uh, Finnish. I'm sorry, Finland. Finnish. Um, uh, Anatoly Tok- Tokov, who could be the next uh, middleweight uh, contender, depending what I assume uh, uh, Austin Vanderford is getting that first shot next. But after that, Tokov could get could could get it with a big win over Sharaf Adavlat Muradov. Uh, we've got Darina Mazjuk, who won the uh, who beat the 530 pound guy freak show fight uh, last November. Oh, that's her. So she's actually yeah. She's actually she's actually. Why, why do we not lead the show with that? Oh my goodness! I know, I know. Yes. Yeah, uh, oh, and Baby Fedor's fighting. Out. Good lord! Anyone, anyone who missed out that story, <laughs> uh, yeah, just Darina. Look for Darina on MMAfight.com and. Uh, you know, a, 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 a fight of dubious quality and legitimacy, I will say, uh, but an amusing scene uh, all, uh, all the same. And one that apparently got her belt or contract. So there you go. She'll be fight, making her debut finally for their promotion. So that's a very nice showcase card. Um, the UFC, though, like you just ran down the card, Mike. Every, I think every fight has – I have my eye on at least one fighter. If, I, if not a good matchup, I have, my, I have my eye on at least one fighter. I think that's always, that's always fun to see. Um, I'm glad that they saved so what's some that fights. Mean? What's that mean? Like, on I mean, scale? like, like, oh gosh, I think this, like, I think, this, I think this card could be super fun. I'm gonna go. Maybe I've just been compared to the last two cards, which I wasn't crazy about. I'll say like an eight. I say like this could hit an eight wow. if everything goes right. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think, we'll, I think we, well, I think it will see a lot of finishes, which I know people like. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a great card, but I know it does make the cards go a little bit faster if people like those. And and I think again, well, there's there's some storylines. Like I said this could be Ronda Marcos's last fight with the UFC, or not, or she wins. And she somehow snaps a five fight losing streak and saves her job, which would be incredible. Um, you've got guys like David Onama debuting, who uh, probably would have debuted further down the road eventually. But is now getting this short notice uh, opportunity against uh, a guy like Mason Jones, who's awesome. Uh, the, uh, you said Martinez making way. He's he's such a talented guy. If he can consistently make bantamweight, that's fun. Um, he's yeah. facing Lazarevili, who who was getting a huge step up in competition. Uh, Lazarevili, if you look at his record, a lot of zeros and zeros on there. So we'll see. I don't know if he's uh, just hasn't been able to find good opponents or has just been crushing weak opposition. Now he gets to find out. Uh, yeah, and just a lot of other compelling matchups. Uh, John Young Park is a, a really good middleweight. I think he's a sleeper middleweight uh, ender. Say, say his name. Um, say, say his nickname. Say his real name. The Iron Turtle. What's, what is his? What? The Iron Turtle. The, uh, <laughs> One of the best <laughs> nicknames in the sport. The Iron Turtle. Okay. Respect the man. And I love the matchup with Gregor. I love the matchup with Gregor Rodriguez. Gregor Rodriguez was a great story in his last fight. So yeah. um, I, it's, this is a good card. This is, this is a really fun card. Anyone want to guess? Obviously, the biggest favorite of the weekend is oh. Usman Nurmagomedov. Uh, oh, oh how, Bellator, yeah. how much? How much of a favorite do you think he is? Minus fill in the blank, AK. I'll go first. Okay, uh, Usman Nurmagomedov 
is a minus 1,400 favorite. Casey? Minus 1,450. <laughs> Are you press writing me? <laughs> he, he, yes. I mean, that, that is the – Casey wins and gets to play the Showcase Showdown. But Son of a- minus, <laughs> no. minus – 3,800 minus 3,800. Hey, listen, guys, if you bet on MMA, I always say don't bet on MMA. Throw 10 bucks on Patrick, uh, Patrick Piatilla because anything can happen yeah, in MMA. Yeah. You get a freakish disqualification. Uh, Nurmagomedov could twist his ankle 30 seconds of the fight. And guess what? You just made uh, five times. You just made like $150, over $150 on a $5 oh, bet. So. Yeah, for, yeah. For, the, oh, yeah sorry, for the for the oh, random DQ the victory, way. yeah, I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree. If oh, sorry, those numbers. Sorry, plus sixteen hundred. So it goes. I'm sorry, I, I was doing uh, like he was a plus. Sorry, yeah. so only plus sixteen hundred. So you just made like eighty dollars, eighty dollars on a five dollar bet. So just do it. <laughs> what's what's the harm in it now? That's crazy. That's an ins- that's insane. Like, oh my gosh, guys who are thirteen and zero against uh, you know mostly unproven competition should not be minus like nearly minus four thousand favors against anybody. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But that's that's how you make those highlight reels. That's a, that's that's how you. That's, it is. That's, 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 that's great matchmaking. You, you know, and, and if and you know what, if Usman Rangamadoff was fighting someone a little bit more legit, no one's tuning in extra. I mean, we're we're, we're watching Usman Rangamadoff. No, we're watching the Fedor card, and he happens mm-hmm. to be on it. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. no reason to, to give him in a, a highly competitive fight. Oh, and I, I love realize, the matchmaking. Yeah, I didn't realize actually the co-main event really was originally much. Uh, the booking made much more sense originally. It was Mendicott versus Tyrell Fortune. And I saw that Tyrell uh, Fortune had to pull out because of injury. That's why I was like, who is he fighting? Yeah. So this is a late replacement. So I, didn't, I wasn't aware yes. of that. But um, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, both cards rule. Both cards are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's some fun. It's some fun. But I, I do agree with you on the, on the uh, UFC card. I, I'm looking at every fight. Every fight, there is a little interest. I'm like, yeah. hmm, I wonder how that guy's doing. I wonder how we, I wonder how his fight turned. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see future title contenders on this card. Um, maybe outside of Grant Dawson, maybe. Uh, as a, you know, I definitely see him making the top ten at some point. But um, everyone else, you know, it's like cool, cool. I, I like I like watching them fight. And you know. well, well I, I mean, Jeff Molina uh, got votes in our uh, MMA fighting rankings. Um, oh yeah, who's other guy was looking yeah. At? yeah, right. So yeah, he's good. he could be a top I, ten I, I, guy. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Brazilian gangster um, Livia Souza, and um, I, oh, and I, she's fantastic. And I love John. I love Jonathan Martinez. Just hmm. <laughs> I love fighters yeah. like that. Just they'll just they'll just knock your head off and just kind of make they'll they'll kind of crack a maybe half a smile for a, a moment. Yeah, <laughs> comma worthy. It feels like oh, we haven't, too, we haven't yeah. seen him in a while. I don't know why. Yeah, it feels like we haven't seen him. And then uh, Tabitha Ricci, uh, really making her real debut. She she was she debuted at one twenty five against uh, uh, Manon Fioro on short notice. She's clearly not a one twenty five. Or that fight looked ridiculous. Oh yeah. So now we actually get to see her uh, at uh, at one fifteen. So yeah, it's 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 an intriguing card. Yes, and Bellator's card is down to ten fights. Mm. Good for them. So there you go. It went from twelve to ten. Uh, one of the Tokovs is off the card. Uh, his opponent not medically cleared. Uh, oh, uh, I'm oh, and also, Gui. yeah, uh, also Rabadnov, Rabadnov, and uh, I believe Alexander Belik. That fight also got canceled uh, this today, yeah. this morning. So, okay, all right. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. 
and Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. So, let's go to the peeps. Let's see what the peeps oh are, my goodness. Uh, are finding right. on these I've cards. Collecting, I've, I've been collecting a little bit of comments. Oh, um, my goodness. Joseph Boza. What? Bellator is... <laughs> this <laughs> is exactly not, what they should be doing. It's not this a joke. is exactly what they should be doing. Look, they don't... They, they don't I, like, when I was laughing, I'm laughing at the odds makers. Like, I feel like this... Again, this is probably how it is because all the money's coming out on Usman. So I, but I, I imagine the opening line was probably 3,000. So, so it probably moved. Well, and if it moved eight eight hundred, so uh, the opening line is probably even higher. It's so like thirty five hundred, and probably just moved. Nope. Oh, what was what Open, was opening? Minus minus seven hundred. So it's just people piling money on on Usman. Yeah, as they should. This I started, guess. started October. The line opened October nineteenth at minus seven hundred. It is three days later, and it is now minus thirty eight hundred. So there you go. People don't bet it's on MMA. If you're some Bitcoin NFT bro and you're like, I got like ten thousand Dogecoin, Dogecoins, or whatever, Dogecoin yeah. to Doge. bet on. Don't don't waste it because again, anything can happen, and it's just not worth. How much could you even be making? So again, this is what you had to bet three hundred eighty dollars to win a hundred dollars. Uh, no, even more. I'm sorry, you had to bet. Yeah, yeah, three hundred eighty dollars to win ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's ten dollars yeah, I didn't yeah, have before. Yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. For every three eighty, yeah, you have to bet. You have to bet. You have to bet thirty eight hundred dollars to win a. This no. Now <laughs> let me also let me also say we are going off our friends at DraftKings. Okay, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. go to other sites, there are lines as low as minus nineteen hundred. Oh there god, are lines stop it, as Mike. Low as stop it, Mike. Minus twenty five. <laughs> minus thirty eight is DraftKings. Okay, Tapology has it at minus twenty five hundred. Just so you know, someone okay. is sitting up a sick. Someone is setting up a sick of uh, Vegas 41, Bellator 269, uh, P- Pudzianowski versus Bombardier, uh, KSW parlay right now. And uh, you're about to, and, uh, and about to ruin their lives. <laughs> yes. All right. What else uh, you got? Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. You can't blame the promotion for that. That just the red no, matchmaking. No, it's no, the no. betting community that brought the line this high. Another one from Mr. Boza. What is one fight under the radar that should be getting love that isn't? Mine is. Livianata Souza versus Randa Marcos. Randa has lost five out of her last six fights. So, I mean, I, I think you can make the, the argument that outside of the main event, especially with what's been going on this week, every fight has flown under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is an interesting matchup. What is yours, Casey? What is your under the radar <laughs> fight? Um, I would actually say this one, just because I'm, I'm a big fan of Miss Souza and um, and I'm just Mark, Randa Marcos being the Sam Alvey of the, of the women's division. <laughs> just somehow, cool, you're still in the UFC. Good. Good for you. Um, uh, Iron Turtle. I just, I, I, think I'm, I think I just like saying his name. I, I, I can't remember what we call his fights, to be honest, but it's just a great nickname. So I'm, I'm going very surface level here. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited about Onama and Mason Jones. Uh, I just kind of recently discovered Onama, I will say. But, I mean, from what I've seen, this guy looks fantastic. I do think probably his future's a featherweight. So uh, so maybe he might be at a bit of a disadvantage here on short notice and against, a, I think, a more natural lightweight. Yeah. But I, I think it'll be a somewhat competitive fight. He might end up on the wrong end 
of a highlight reel this time around because I think Mason Jones is really, really, really good and just has had a just had a bit of bad luck in the cage so far. Um, and he had the amazing fight with uh, Mike Davis. That was Mason Jones, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, again, one of the, we keep every time I bring it up, one of the best fights of the year. And uh, so I do think this is a, a matchup that's made for Mason Jones to win. But I think people will see a little little bit of the potential of Onama and he'll get another shot and uh, again kind of get to make a more proper uh first introduction next time but i like that fight i think i think if it goes if he is able to make it out of the first round i think that could be uh, one of the best fights tonight real quick yeah how many, that's a good one last week how many fights did jim miller have in the ufc was it 30 30 that was his 39th fight. 39th we have on this card also another kind of fighter almost jim miller light with alex caceres he what? This is like his 29th fight in the UFC, something like that, coming up. I, I lost. I was trying to count. I lost count. It was just like it was. It wasn't quite 30, but it's close. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna. He's almost at 30 fights in the UFC, and he's someone that he hasn't even. I think maybe he sniffed the top 10 once. Um, oh, I'm, Caceres. I'm a, I, yeah, Caceres. No, no, he's been like I think like top 15. He snuck in there. That's it. Okay, that well, not top 15 then. Um, I'm just amazed uh, like um, how fighters like that can kind of continually kind of get that two wins one loss two losses one win type of scenario throughout their whole career and just um just i I, i'm always just impressed like how these guys sneak up on you know 30 fights in the freaking ufc 30 fights can you imagine if we saw justin gaethje fight 30 times in ufc or conor mcgregor fighting 30 times in ufc it just doesn't happen and some you know guys like casera somehow can make that walk you know that many times i'm not even counting all his his um exhibition tough fights but um uh, I just, He's also the third biggest underdog on the card, Alex wow. Caceres. How about oh, yeah. that? So um, yeah, classic I'm a, Alex Caceres fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the UFC has have, have used him perfectly. Has this kind of. I, I would say that kind of. There's no different, different. There's different levels of gatekeepers, and he's kind of that. You got to be Alex Caceres if we want to think of you as a, a potential top fifteen fighter. And um, that's where we're at with him. With um, him fighting. Um, uh, Sung Woo Choi. I'll go with Jeff Bellina, Daniel Lacerda. I think that's going to be a really good mm-hmm. fight. Je- Jeff Bellina, I'm very mm-hmm. high on anyways. Daniel kind of getting in there and trying to make a name for himself. 125 is always fun. I think those two guys are just going to just gonna bring bring some heat. It's going to be a fun fight, fun prelim. What uh, else we got? Daniel Poden. If the fine is 90%, weight misses don't happen. Okay, so yes, that, that would... That would hurt. That would hurt. <laughs> but I also think we gotta we gotta do something in the fight. Like I agree, and I'm not the first person to say this. I'm sure as hell not gonna be the last one. We gotta take a point away. Take a point right off the bat. That will negate a lot of things. Like if you just made the standard weight miss 30 to 40 percent every single time. So the 20, like it's automatically 30. If it's like egregious, we make it 40, and then you take a point. That's huge because then you're affecting the outcome of the fight. You're taking out all those other reasons why you would want to miss weight because I could just get the win bonus. But if you're down a point already, that hurts. That sucks. That changes everything. I definitely agree with the point point deduction. I do not agree with the 90% because I think what that that will – I mean, while that sounds good in theory, the reality is we're going to get fighters killing themselves even more so to make that weight. And a lot – Dude, I mean, yeah, you know, Marvitori, Paula Costa, I'm, I'm assuming they're making, you know, decent coin. But, dude, half of these fighters have freaking roommates. 
You know what I mean? Like they they need every freaking penny they can get, and uh, so nine percent. I think it's just it's, it's just it creates too much danger, especially with all the um, uh, just things happen. You know, you have you have you have injuries. They, their knee hurts. They can't jump on the treadmill as much. There's a lot of things that just happen. You know, so I don't give nine percent, but I would I would love to see a point point deduction. Does any does any promotion do that? Or is that something t- someone just kind of came up with? You're like, why don't we try this out? I don't think anyone's made that a standard thing. Did does Ryzen or Pride did, did they did they get, give you an automatic? Well, I guess that's a fine. It's not a point deduction. The I feel like Ryzen. Are, now that you mentioned, it, I feel like Ryzen did something weird with that, right? I still don't think any anyone's actually affected their final judge the judging criteria based on the weight. But um, I, I I think the biggest thing is the, it needs to come off the show the win money too. I think I think that's the, the big thing that needs to happen. Yeah, and if you don't want to do that, just take the point and. That at least has some effect potentially on the yeah. on the win money. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I I kind of have difficulty, you know, coming to terms with you know missing weight by half a pound, which is you know that sucks. Versus missing weight by you know three pounds versus missing weight by twenty pounds. So there's there needs to yeah. uh, there there needs to be some sort of um, bend in there. Basically, I think. Yeah, yeah. and I and think if should, you take a say. point too, I think if you take a point too, I think fighters who cut dramatic amounts of weight will not do that anymore. They'll just go up a weight class yeah. and they don't want to lose the point and, and lose that money. So go ahead, AK. I wish to say this isn't all in the UFC as well. The commissions have to get involved as well. That's what I think sure. like a lot of what California's been doing with the um, uh, you know, measuring the fight night weights and, you know, uh, telling them like, okay, well, we think you should move up. We're not like saying, you know, we can't force you to and things like that. Uh, that's right. Daniel, Daniel Poulton mentioned it was, it was Israel Adesanya mm-hmm. who said, uh, they should do ninety percent. He was very upset about uh, his teammate Shane Young having to fight uh, fight someone who's very badly overweight. Um, but uh, yeah, the commissions have to be involved too. So it's not all in the UFC. The UFC definitely would not want to unilaterally make these decisions, even if it could, because then you're liable for a lot of weirdness, and uh, you're going to take even more blame. As as people are saying, like, oh sure. man, like the optics would be bad for the UFC if it was like, oh, UFC decrees ninety percent, you know, penalty for fighters. That's not going to look good for them. Now, if you if it's something like. UFC and commissions and so on and so forth uh, agree for stiffer penalty. It certainly softens the blow. So, yeah, commissions have to get involved. I like a lot of the advancements they're making in California. It's just a matter of getting, getting everyone on the same page. And uh, we can't even get all the rules right in the same, yeah, yeah. in every uh, state. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a good idea, but it's a long way to go, guys. Yeah, long way. Um, but the promotions can also pull fights if they want as well, yeah. if they choose to. Uh, T-ball, ball, this picture's layers. Paul Costa is inadvertently beta testing the 1FC weight cutting policy. A hydration test will reveal that Costa is adequately hydrated with Cabernet. <laughs> it's just, it's, hey, listen, it's, it's possible. You never know. You know, there, there, you never know what these this guys is a kind of a funny comment, but this goes back to what AK said earlier about when uh, Costa did weigh in at 185 and then how much he rehydrated. And you could just tell that just the numbers show that he cuts an incredibly dangerous amount of weight to make middleweight. So uh, I know this is kind of a jokey comment, but there is a little truth in it. And I, unfortunately, I don't think Vegas does hydration tests pre-fight, or at least they don't put they don't release them publicly. No, I know California does, but um, it'll be very interesting to find out um, what it was, what it would be. Uh, uh, did, we, did we answer this already? Did we talk about this? Uh, should the UFC have given Marvin a show and win and just rebook him on another card? This is crap. I hope people don't give Aspen Ladd any more crap for her bad weight cut two weeks ago versus Macy. So that is 
Now, if the UFC wanted to set a precedent, okay, there's already been some things done over the last several weeks. Nick Diaz, Jake Hadley getting a contract on the Contender Series after missing weight. That's never happened before. He made Dana White break his rules. They're laying down seeds for these things to happen. And if the UFC wanted to put a stop to this precedent, they would have just pulled the car. They would have pulled the fight. They would have just paid Marvin, win and show, you know, maybe kick him a couple bucks some other way and just be like, yo, go fight this top five guy. Go fight Sean Strickland in MSG. Like big fight, big card fans, all that stuff. And you get a chance to make double the money. They could have done that. They didn't do that here. And for obvious reasons that we just talked about. So listen, I don't, what Mar like I don't blame Paulo Costa for this yeah. whatsoever. I don't blame him. I don't I think it's unprofessional. I do. But at the same time, there's no big penalty for it. There the UFC wasn't going to pull the fight. So why not do it? Why not do it and put yourself in the best position to win? So I don't blame him whatsoever. The UFC could have pulled this fight. They chose not yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, knew they weren't what, going to. And let's yeah, well, let's be honest. what does the UFC gain from pulling this fight? I'm sorry, literally nothing. Why, why would the UFC not want this fight to happen? They're glad the man, they're, they saw the managers were working things out. The UFC was like, good stuff, jobs, good stuff. Good, you guys work that out. You let us know where you're fighting at. Why, why, why would they get involved? Like, what do they have? I know we all think like, well, they should send a message. They don't want this to happen in the future. But it's like, they just take it as, well, we'll cross that, come to it. And, and, and this is this policy has come back to bite them in the ass before. This kind of like let's just take things as they go. It happens, and then we've seen we've seen uh, fights, you know, and uh, 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 get canceled for stupid reasons. And then we go back, man. What if the UFC had nipped this problem in the bud, whatever, like six months ago? Da da. But the train, the machine keeps rolling so so uh, like effortlessly. This there's no reason for them to crack down and set any sort of precedent right now. It just doesn't benefit them. And I know that sounds so cynical and so sad, but. Why would they want to get rid of a main event that has this kind of name power when the, yeah. they have another card? They have another card next week they got to worry about anyway. So why? why Think of the timing too. Again? Think of the timing. What's the next two weeks? What cards? What are the next two cards? You get two sixty seven, and you got two sixty eight back to back weeks. You need to get eyeballs on this UFC card to promote those two events. I understand in the United States that two sixty seven is part of the ESPN plus subscription, but you also want to entice others to buy said subscription. And you got to right? remind or people, you got to wake up early to watch that card. It's, this ain't yes. a regular time. It's like, oh. it starts at like seven in the morning or I something. I love that. Oh. I love can it I so much. Can I shout out, can I shout out Andrew Brown in the comments who says that the UFC gate would gain professionalism from this, from, from cracking down this. They want to be the biggest sport in the world. Oh, Oh, that's, no, that's so, that's so, that's, that's a nice thought. I, <laughs> I would, uh, I, Andrew, I wish that were true. If you, they, they, they don't care about professionalism. This is, I think we've, I'm sorry. I think we've seen their handling of conduct over the last 10 years. They don't care about professionalism. Uh, being the biggest over the last in the world, month. Yeah, last month, being the biggest sport in the world would be great. I'm sure he, they don't care about that. They they're don't so want to. Be, in, no, yeah. they're so insanely profitable. They wouldn't be having friggin' uh, uh, cards every uh, 48 out of 52 weeks if they cared about being the biggest sport. No, they want to be present. They want to be lucrative, which they are insanely lucrative. Uh, but and uh, size are actually not. I would say are not the priorities. They're just as long as they're making money. Really, yeah, I agree. Uh, right. two, two more. Two, two, uh, two more. We got two more. Yeah, I got. 
Four Corner Sports, should the UFC force Costa's hand to move to light heavyweight after he came into fight week missing two weight classes? Yeah, I, I don't think he should ever put pen to paper on a middleweight fight ever again in the UFC. I mean, if he wants to go elsewhere and try to play that game, sure, but what's the point? And let's be honest, at this point, Costa's quickest path to a title is at 205. Absolutely. There's not a ton. There's some, there are some contenders, no doubt about it, but the line is shorter at 205. So, yes, I think I think this will be the last time we see him at 185. And in my eyes, I know you guys are a little more positive about the situation, but if I, I, I truly believe if Costa goes out and gets drubbed tomorrow, it's 50-50 he fights in the UFC again. And we would be very excited to see Paul Costa's next fight in Bellator versus Melvin Manna for whatever. <laughs> there you go, and he'll, be, he'll and he'll be doing the same thing. Hey, I'm making more money over here. Romero too in Bellator. Yeah, yeah and yeah, look, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about force his hand. Like I said, I don't think UFC should force any of his fighters. Costas, Costas forcing the UFC's hand. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. did this week. Uh, but if they, I mean, going forward, they should definitely be telling him, look, your best path to another title shot, your best path to more, you know, main events is maybe stick around to 205. That's probably, that's probably good for you right now. But I don't, I don't think they, they should or can force him to do anything. All right. And um, last question. Mm-hmm. Any movies you are excited about? 007, <laughs> No Time to Die, Dune, Halloween. All right. We I saw one. I saw Halloween. I will give my non-spoiler thoughts on Halloween okay. in a matter of moments. But uh, AK, any of these movies excite you? Did you see Dune? Did I hear? I that just correctly? saw Dune. I just saw Dune last night. No spoilers. Okay, I will not good. spoil it. I will not spoil I heard it. It's great. Can, can you give us a titular line though? I, I, I'm a big. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but Batista, uh, uh, former WWE uh, multiple-time world champion, Batista shows up and just goes, Dune. <laughs> Uh, sorry to split. This happens about two hours and 35 minutes into the film, but it's worth it. Like when it happens, you're like, the whole theater. I like, get it. It's like, oh, I get it now. Oh, it all it's comes all come together. To, it's all come together. No, I, I, without spoiling, I will say, I, I'm a big Denis uh, Villeneuve <laughs> fan. Uh, I love Sicario and Blade Runner 2049 and all that stuff. Like all this, uh, the arrival, I loved all that stuff. So I love this movie. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it's very long. And I will say it feels like almost like binge watching three prestige TV sh- episodes in a row. Like it feels like this should have been a TV show, but the scope of it and the look of it has to be on a movie screen. So they're kind of like stuck. Like I, I don't know if there was a way for them to perfectly do this. Cause it does feel like this should have been like a 10 episode series with like movie production values, but then it has to, but also it has to be watched on like IMAX. Like I saw an IMAX to fully appreciate it. So very cool movie. If you really like um, like hard kind of sci-fi and, uh, and have a lot of patience, you'll really like it. If you're looking for something a little more whiz bang, you might uh, might be a little disappointed. Yeah, I am very excited to see Dune in the theater, and I'm also very excited to see The French Dispatch, um, uh, Wes Anderson's new film. Uh, I will probably see that sometime next week. And No Time to Die and Halloween are kind of the movies I watch when I'm on a plane. So, but yeah. And before I'll before anyone thinks. For- before anyone thinks we're a bunch of artsy fartsy soy boys, by the way, uh, I also which the I last one I watched, which uh, proudly, proudly, but before anyone says it, Casey. <laughs> okay. Uh, I also uh, the movie I watched for that was the second uh, Venom movie, which I also enjoyed. So believe me, I'm all over. Oh, the you watched the Venom artsy. movie? You were that? You I were that artsy. guy? Well, I love the first one, and I, I quite enjoyed the second one as well. So I'm all over the place, guys. I love artsy fartsy crap, but I love dumb crap as well. So don't don't think I'm just like oh watch you know watch these ponderous uh, pretentious films. No, I like stupid stuff too. So. And I also saw Venom 2. I saw oh, Venom yeah. 2 on Sunday. It was I, great. I heard it. it, was it, was good. Good. it was my good. kid liked it too. Was it better than the first one? 
First one. Um, oh, did you like the I'll first admit, one? Uh, I, I like saw the bits and pieces of the first one. Okay. I didn't see it. I really didn't oh. see it. Halloween Kills. I don't know. I got to see the third one to, to make it make sense. All I'll say, and I'm not giving any spoilers, <laughs> and this is like, I could say this about any horror movie in the history of horror movies, but I mean this wholeheartedly when I say it. The people of Haddonfield, Illinois are the dumbest people <laughs> ever. That's all I'll say. They are dumb. I mean, like they make they make the Camp Crystal Lake counselors seem like Harvard graduates. These people are idiots. Super duper idiots. And that's all I'll say about it. But if you're looking for Michael Myers to just whoop that ass, you'll like it. Yeah. And at the very end, Jamie Lee Curtis goes, Halloween kills. Yeah, just and then like roll credit, just like and roll credit, <laughs> and then dun, 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 John Carpenter's Halloween track in the back. Oh, I see, I see our voice right. comic crates asking me, did I actually understand? It's a really, uh, he said, did I actually understand Dune? It's actually a really straightforward movie. It's actually not like it's simplified. I haven't read the books, but as far as I know, it simplifies the plot so much. It's not a hard movie to understand. It's just really slow. All right, all right. So after after you watch the post fight show. Make your reservations to go see Dune. Okay, so <laughs> schedule flight. It's long. Nine nine thirty. We'll see what happens, but uh, then go see a movie. All right. But we got a busy day ahead of us tomorrow. Busy day. Get some sleep. We got to be up early, everybody. We got to be up early. KSW, Marius. KSWs tomorrow. Yes. That and then rising after, even later in the oh night. Like, good lord. So get some rest, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. For Casey, for AK, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. Good night, everybody. Dune! (laughs) Stop spoiling it. (laughs) You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.